Eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, and your goodness. We experience it every moment of our lives. We do not take for granted the air we breathe and the water we drink and the food we eat, the protection and guidance, the security we enjoy. All these things have come to us of your own mercy and goodness, not of any goodness of ours. And we are recognizing that and say thank you, Lord. All glory, praise, and honor be unto your name. Lord, we have one purpose in life to reflect your glory. We pray, Father, that the devotion we will go through now shall help us to achieve that. Please, Lord, speak words to us that will lift us up, that will bless us, that will help us to fulfill your purpose of repopulating heaven, that we shall be to your glory. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, January 16 By Word of Mouth And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Genesis chapter 5 verse 5 Adam's life was one of sorrow, humility, and continual repentance. As he taught his children and grandchildren the fear of the Lord, he was often bitterly reproached for the sin which had resulted in so much misery to his posterity. When he left beautiful Eden, the thought that he must die thrilled him with horror. He looked upon death as a dreadful calamity. Most bitterly did he reproach himself for his first great transgression. He entreated pardon from God through the promised sacrifice. Deeply had he felt the wrath of God for his crime committed in the paradise. In paradise, he witnessed the general corruption which finally provoked God to destroy the inhabitants of the earth by a flood. Though the sentence of death pronounced upon him by his maker at first appeared so terrible to him, yet after he had lived some hundreds of years, it looked just and merciful in God, thus to bring an end to a miserable life. As Adam witnessed the first signs of decay in the fallen leaf and in the drooping flowers, he mourned more deeply than men now mourn over their dead. The dying flowers were not so great a cause of grief, because they were more tender and delicate. But when the tall, stately trees cast off their leaves to decay, it presented before him the general dissolution of beautiful nature which God had created for the especial benefit of man. To his children and to their children to the ninth generation, Adam delineated the perfections of his Eden home and also his fall and its dreadful results. He declared to them that sin would be punished in whatever form it existed, 
and he entreated them to obey God, who would deal mercifully with them if they should love and fear him. Adam was commanded to teach his descendants the fear of the Lord and by his example of humble obedience lead them to highly regard the offerings which typify the Savior to come. Adam carefully treasured what God had revealed to him and handed it down by word of mouth to his children and children's children. By this means, the knowledge of God was preserved. Amen. Today in our devotion, we are taken back to see the life of our first parents, Adam and Eve, after the fall. One can only imagine the continuous pain and heartache they felt all the days of their life. Banished from Eden, looking at its gates but cannot enter in, he could only look back at that fateful day when out of emotional, sentimental attachment to Eve, he let go of all restraint and ate that fruit. Now he could see more clearly that he made a terrible decision the consequences of which he would continue to witness for a good 930 years. The regret, the pain, the torture of mind Adam and Eve felt, one can only imagine. Conflict and Courage, page 22, paragraph 3 says, As Adam witnessed the first signs of decay in the fallen leaf, and in the drooping flowers, he mourned more deeply than men now mourn over their dead. The dying flowers were not so great a cause of grief, because they were more tender and delicate. But when the tall stately trees cast off their leaves to decay, it presented before him the general dissolution of beautiful nature which God had created for the especial benefit of man. End of quote. Adam would later see things even worse than this. He saw flowers die and then as the trees cast off their leaves as we see them today, Adam could tell something is coming for me very soon. These were things that were not common. All through his stay in Eden, not a flower died, not a tree cast off any leaf. After sin, he would wonder, what is my sin? that is causing such great effect not just on himself but even the earth is being affected by it. To his left he would see the leaves of the tree falling and then to his right the flowers also. There is something spiritual about this thing called sin that it would affect earth itself. The ground was cursed because of Adam's sin and on account of that even the leaves started to die and then animals would not live long anymore, but they also would die. Hmm. Adam would later see things even worse than this. His first son, Cain, who he and his wife had hoped would be the promised Messiah, ended up being one of the most cruel and rebellious men who ever lived. You see, when, when God was cursing the serpent, he said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, 
So when he said the woman, Eve would be thinking that she is the woman being referred to and between your seed, that's Satan's seed, and her seed. And thou shalt bruise his heel and he shall bruise thy head. So here is Eve thinking that she's going to have a son, a seed. And that son would be the Redeemer. When Cain was born, they all but believed this is going to be that promised Messiah. But lo and behold, what did they see? A cruel and rebellious son. For what reason? Adam and Eve trained him well, but for his own decision, just like Satan did in heaven, he was a rebellious son. One who hated God and would want nothing to do with him and eventually killed his own brother and then left them. After how many years? They were grown up. They were not young boys. They were men. Cain and Abel were men, married at that. And Cain slew his brother Abel. Adam and Eve were brought back to square one. They had lost everything once again. Eden is gone. Abel is gone. At least they could hope for a resurrection for him. But it was painful nevertheless. And Cain was more than gone. He was alive but worse than Abel in fact. In Abel's case, there is a hope of resurrection. But in Cain's case, gone. Adam and Eve, you could imagine the pain they were passing through here. More so, as time would pass, the Lord gave them another child who was even more like Adam in the image of God also. Genesis 5 verse 3 says, And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Seth was a child who looked more like Adam in the image and likeness of God more than, more than Cain and Abel. But the pain they were already passing through was great. It was. We read by word of mouth, Adam taught everyone of the sin he committed, that is one expensive mistake, and the hope of resurrection. As one would expect, there were many like Cain who despised Adam, insulted him and hated him for making such a rash and terrible choice, and has brought death and the woes of sin upon them by this his one expensive mistake. Men would later rebel against God, and for every rebellion, what do you think would happen? Adam would think, all these wouldn't be happening if I had only made the right decision. And so did Eve. As Eve got old, perhaps, many would look at her and think, was it for this woman that you sacrificed eternal life for us? And Adam too would look at it and wonder. And the question Jesus asked comes to bear even now. What shall he profit Adam? What did it profit Adam to gain Eve and lose his soul? And the question comes to us too today. What shall it profit you in the decisions you are making to gain the whole world, but at the end of the day you are losing your soul? What are you giving in exchange for your soul? Adam gave in exchange for his soul. He got not the whole world, Eve. But what is Eve to him when she was also going to perish and he also was going to perish? So it was a it was a terrible decision that was made, trading eternal life for Eve, for a life with Eve, a life of what, how many years that will come to an end that is filled with so much sorrow. Adam's life indeed was one of sorrow and bitter regret. 
Conflict and Courage, page 22, paragraph 2 says, Most bitterly did he reproach himself for his great, dis- great transgression. He entreated pardon from God through p- the promised sacrifice. Deeply had he felt the wrath of God for his crime committed in paradise. He witnessed the general corruption which finally provoked God to destroy the inhabitants of the earth by a flood. Though the sentence of death pronounced upon him by his maker at first appeared so terrible to him, yet after he had lived some hundreds of years, it looked just and merciful in God, thus to bring an end to an end a miserable life." End of quote. It, if you were in Adam's shoes, the same thing would have happened. He didn't take his life, but he longed for death because of the misery he could see around him. Assuming it was just death and pain and around him, there was no sickness, nothing like that. But just the change from Eden to the earth now that is cursed was enough for him to see there is a difference in the life I'm living now. The quality of life had dropped. And then the worst part of it was the thought in his mind every time. For Abel's death, he knows that he is responsible. For Cain's rebellion, Adam knew, I am responsible, and so did Eve. And for the rest of the people who rebelled against God later, Adam knew. For you to get a better perspective of it, you should understand what the people did in the days of Adam. Adam lived till the days of Jared and Lamech, the grandfather and father of uh, Noah, and even Methuselah, he saw them. So when the corruption in the earth began, Adam witnessed everything. All the evil things that happened that the Lord said, it grieved him. The Bible says, God said, it repented me that I had made man. It says, all flesh had corrupted their way before God. Now, what I want you to understand is Adam was seeing it. He saw all the corruption that was going on in his day. And who do you think he would blame for it? He would continue to reproach himself for it because he knows if not for that one decision I made, this will all not be happening. And that is why death coming to him would have been mercy and consolation. You see, there is a lesson to learn from all of these. Apart from the fact that we should be careful with the choices we make because of their far-reaching results, there is a lesson of faith hope and courage that we can learn from Adam. How many will be in Adam's shoes and bear it the way he did? I admire his courage in bearing the pain and sorrow. Many today lose billions of dollars and kill themselves because they cannot bear the inconveniences, the shame, the hatred, the anger and pain that comes with their losses and their wrong decision. In 2008, there was a man called Markle. He was the fifth richest man in Germany and he was a billionaire. But this man committed suicide. I'm reading what happened to him. He says, in killing himself, German billionaire Adolf Merkel has become the latest casualty of the global financial crisis his family saying on Tuesday he was broken by the struggle to salvage their business. 
Merkel, who was the world's 94th richest person in 2008, according to Forbes magazine, spent his life building a business conglomerate with about 100,000 employees. The empire was poised to come crashing down after his family made wrong way bets on skyrocketing Volkswagen shares. So they made a wrong decision, one expensive decision. The family has been under pressure to sell some assets or seek bridging loans and has been in talks with banks for weeks. The desperate situation of his company is caused by the financial crisis. The uncertainties of the last few weeks of his powerlessness to act have broken the passionate family empire and he took his own life, a family statement said. In another place we read, but by the end of 2008, his investment firm, VEM, faced a serious liquidity crisis and reported $6 billion in losses. Hmm. $6 billion. Wow. To make up for it, Merkel played a huge gamble by making a series of risky investments which ultimately cost him more money. After losing almost everything, Merkel tragically ended his life by throwing himself in front of a train. Hmm. Merkel is just like Adam and many of us too can be like Adam. Perhaps you make a wrong decision and you get great losses. Merkel couldn't stand it. He couldn't have any faith and courage. He killed himself. Adam, Adam lost the whole earth. Merkel lost just $6 billion. What is that in comparison to the whole earth that Adam lost dominion over? Adam was, Adam was more than a billionaire. You cannot quantify what Adam had, but he lost it all. But he had courage to hold on in faith to the Lord and hope for better days to come. And we may be passing through such experiences today. But we are not to lose hope when we make mistakes. We, like Adam, are to bear it and try as much as possible to make amends for the wrong we have done. We are to hope in God. Don't commit suicide on account of your sins and the losses you have gotten because of your wrong decisions. Rather, hope in God as Adam did. Commit yourself to him. I'm reminded very curiously of the book Micah 7, reading verse 7 to 9, where it says, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Amen. This is the attitude we should have. Maybe you have committed a sin that is shameful. Many ladies today abort their babies because of the shame. They kill. Many others, instead of bearing the indignation, they commit more sin to cover the sin that they have already committed. But it was not so with Adam. He humbly bore it. He told the story by word of mouth. He let his children know his mistakes. How many parents do that today? Do you tell your children your mistakes by word of mouth so that they can learn? Do you tell them why they should not make certain decisions and let them know that you understand what they are passing through? 
Because many children today think their parents don't know anything. They think, oh, we just arrived. You don't understand what we're passing through. That's what they all say. Not knowing that their parents have also passed through, by and large, the same kind of things. But parents, do you, by word of mouth, tell them your errors and your mistakes? Do you do that? By word of mouth, Adam told them, we also should be ready to also talk about these things. Not that we want to glory in our sins, but let people know of the story of Adam and perhaps let them know yours too. So that you can warn people from their error, so that you can tell them, don't go in this direction. And then, when you have made mistakes, do not lose hope. That's another lesson. You can tell them but be discreet you don't need to say everything about your life because some will use that as an excuse to even go into sin i've seen children who do that when you tell them oh when i was younger i did this and that and it was wrong they'll say oh allow me to do mine too so be careful how you say those things but basically we should learn the lesson that we should not lose hope even when we have made grievous wrongs no one can bear no one can be in the position of what adam was no matter the sin you commit, it cannot have as much consequences as the one Adam did. Every evil that has happened in this world, Adam is responsible, him and Eve. They were the ones who made the mistake and they know that whatever I am doing, whatever you are doing, what the sicknesses, the pain that children pass through, the wars of the world, Adam knows it is his fault. But yet he did not kill himself. He had faith and hoped in the Lord. He bore the indignation of the Lord and is waiting in his grave now for his resurrection you also learn that lesson don't try to cover your tracks don't abort that baby don't tell lies don't kill don't steal just to cover your tracks have faith in the lord bear the indignation the consequences of your sin bear it like adam bear it you know you have sinned micah 7 verse 9 i will bear the indignation of the lord because i have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. But the Lord will not execute judgment and plead the cause of anyone who after they have sinned is trying to cover their tracks. The Bible says he that covereth his sin, he will not prosper. So let us not try to cover our tracks and let us not also lose hope and commit suicide. Another lesson we should learn from here. When you see people make mistakes, be careful how you talk about them. They reproached Adam. They shouldn't have done that. Cain was one of those who reproached him and hated him for his decision. But were you to be placed in Adam's position, would you have done any better? You can answer that question based on the decisions you make today. When temptations come to you today, what do you do? Many times we still sin. And that is the evidence that if you were in Eden, most likely you would have done the same thing. So don't look down on anyone because of their sins. Don't keep repeating the matter and adding more pain to them and pressing it in no need they already understand their errors what we need is encouragement and comfort don't be like those who rebelled and reproached adam rather understand that we are all men who are weak and can also have fallen we we can fall and could also have fallen just like adam did in that mindset have mercy have mercy on people and be humble about it when you hear people's errors romans chapter 15 verse 4 for whatsoever things were written aforetime 
were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Take courage, have hope. Take courage, the Lord will plead your cause if you bear the consequences and don't go away to commit suicide or do something else that is wrong on account of your sins. God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we come before you today realizing our weakness and our sins and iniquities being ever before us. We pray to you, Lord, and ask you, please forgive us our sins. Forgive us for the times you have spoken of others in a derogatory fashion because of their own sins. We also have done evil. Please have mercy on us. Help us, Lord, that whatever thing it is we are passing through presently on account of the sins we have committed, that you give us the grace to bear it. Please, Lord, plead our cause. And help us, Lord, wherever we are, in prison, in our homes as parents or our individual lives, whatever the thing we have done, be it ever so shameful, give us grace, Lord, to bear it. Give us the courage, Lord, to hope on, to press on, that we may not lose our eternal life, but that by your grace, we shall also be resurrected to newness of life when you come, or be alive to see you come in righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.